1: Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that?
0: Ring Talk on Sports Byline is brought to you by the World Boxing Organization and ringtalk.com.
2: Yes, sir. Happy days are here again.
0: And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in history.
1: What are you doing? I'm starting a fight. He's going to finish it for
0: me. Ladies and gentlemen, Ram. Pedro Fernandez. Pedro Fernandez.
3: Thomas C. Caballeros, bienvenido. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into the world of MMA. Straight up, my name is Pedro Fernandez, and I am the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airways, having defended that title off for better than three decades. And straight up today, I bring you the most prolific writer in all of MMA. That's right, the great Dave Melter will join us in about 12 minutes here on the Sports Byline Broadcast. Network. So you got a question on MMA, pro wrestling? I mean, this guy's the godfather of all that stuff, man. I mean, started his Wrestling Observer Newsletter, of course, it comes out every week. Forty to 50,000 words. It's like nine, ten 10 pages. Sometimes it's incredible small print, but all the good stuff. It's one of the good things. In fact, if you take that like I do, it's sort of addictive. In other words, you have to read it each week. If you don't read it each week, you haven't got your Wrestling Observer and MMA fix. So I really suggest that. Above UFC Fight Pass, Get the uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Of course, you go to WrestlingObserver.com and download the uh, the radio show. I mean, they got they got a lot of crazy stuff going on over there. So I want to give Dave and all the guys over there, Brian Alvarez, all those guys props. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We have open phone lines, cosos We're talking MMA up until the top of the hour. 1-800-878-7529 is 1-800-878-7529. The Skype thing's happening as well. The Skype address, sports byline, and the number two. This is Ring Talk live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio. Hey, and happy Father's Day to all the troops.
4: waters are created equal. Alchemy Water has been specially treated with a patented system to create a premium alkaline water that tastes great and offers more benefits than natural water. Alchemy is ionized and microclustered for antioxidant protection while neutralizing free radicals. Plus, it's fluoride-free and eco-friendly. All of these things add up to the ultimate health and wellness premium water. Available at select retailers and online through Amazon at alchemywater.com. That's A-L-K-A-M-E water.com. Um
5: Steiner Sports is the most trusted sports collectibles company in the
4: country, carrying exclusive items from your favorite teams and athletes. Commemorate the Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup win with exclusive prints, canvases, and fan cave signs featuring Patrick Kane, Corey Crawford, and Jonathan Taze. For this week only, shop steinersports.com and use promo code HAWKS20 at checkout for 20% off your order. That's steinersports.com, S-T-E-I-N-E-R-S-P-O-R-T-S.com, with promo code HAWKS20 for 20% off your purchase. Spider, are you
1: ready? And it's about to get serious. Slice quickly across. to a cage and fight for your life, you can be anything you want. Cambo Fly, battered, bruised, bloodied, that Petroselli, a young man from Fort Myers, Florida, his nickname is the Silverback, he came here tonight, found out that he would be the main event, and he has shot the
3: entire world of mixed martial arts.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Now, I let
3: that mug make a mug out of me, but don't let anybody try it again. Kimbo Slice, a loser in 2008. Last-minute sub. We're supposed to fight Ken Shamrock that night. Uh, Shamrock got cut in the dressing room, so they did it Friday night. Ken Shamrock came in at 51 years old with the most steroid-looking body I've ever seen in my life. I mean, good Lord. Sitting there between big old fat Kimbo and uh, Scott Coker, the Bellator CEO. Um, it was a good fight as far as ratings were concerned. Looked like Ken Shamrock had it all done when he slapped him and he took, took Kimbo's slice to the ground. And he had him in a nice chokehold, but but Kimball slight, exa- escaped the chokehold. and Before you knew it, Kimball was pounding all over, uh, pounding. I mean, I don't know how Ken Shamrock can even think about fighting at 51 years old. I remember the last time he was on this show, I guess it was about three or four years ago, he was in a, a he came out of a movie, to do the interview in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the lobby of a, uh, of a theater. And I remember we're talking this and that, and you know, and he was talking about wanting to continue to fight. Then and I just, I just don't see it, man. I really don't. But anyway, Bellator 138, the highest rated program I think they've had in a long time. And if not their highest ever Shaw Kimbo Slice Kevin Ferguson, <coughs> excuse me, beat, uh, beat the old veteran. I'm talking about the toughest man alive. Remember he went to the world wrestling entertainment for a while. And he was with, of course, he really started out with pride and UFC, and he was one of the original UFC fans, a uh, champion. So, Ken Shamrock is 51 years old. He looks great for 51. He looks fabulous. He, he, if he was 21, he'd look great. You know, his body. But he's still 51 years old. And he shouldn't be taking that kind of chance, those kind of shots. This is real stuff. I mean, Rick Flair, yeah, Rick's like 65, so wants to take bumps, that kind of stuff in wrestling. But you can't do that, man. There comes a the time and day where you just got to walk away. And I think it's time for Ken Shamrock to just, you know, say, look, I was the UFC champion. I did this. I fought in pride. You know, I did the... Ww fake stuff for a while. I mean, give me my give me my props. Let me go off to the USC Hall of Fame, and that'll be it because that's where he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Not fighting in an octagon. Just not happening. No way, no how. UFC Fight Night last night, of course, from Berlin, Germany. Pretty good card. Uh, I got to give this got to give this girl a lot of props, man. Jenna Jay, the World Strawweight Champion, she pounded on uh, Jessica Penny to the point where like 120 strikes to like 28 strikes before the fight was stopped in the third round. Yikes. 128 to, like, 28. It was like, good Lord. And I can't even pronounce her name, so I'll spell it for you. J-E-D-R-Z-E-J-C-Z-Y-K. So we call her Jenna J. She is the uh, the fabulous strawweight champion at 115 pounds in the UFC, of course, stopping Jessica Penny in the uh, third round. Of course, that was the main event, but it was a big card last night, definitely a big card. I mean, but none of the big names, I can't see any big names that jumped out. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eleven fights, uh, they were all on Fight Pass. Okay, how many people have Fight Pass? Not too many. Anyway, that's what I'm telling you about this. Jenny Jay was a winner. Uh, Peter Sabato was the winner in a walkaway fight, beat Stephen Kenny with submission rear naked choke. Um, some of the other names I see on here: Scott Ascom defeated Antonio dos Santos with a TKO in the first round, knees and punches. The time was two fifty two. Um, you know, not a whole lot on this card. I mean, listen, they didn't bring uh, the UFC to Germany to uh, kind of put this put on great cards. You're not going to put a great card on Fight Pass. You're just not going to do it. There's nobody watching. I mean, you want to throw a fight nobody's going to watch? Put it on Fight Pass because the only way you get Fight Pass is if you pay the 10 bucks a month to get it. You're an MMA freak and you got to have this. Or you go to different websites around the world and you steal it. That's the only way. Hmm. That is the only way that you're going to get Fight Pass. Anyway, so Fight Pass, I think, is a weak, weak notion. I think what they ought to do is they ought to try to encompass all their pay-per-views into a channel. And have this one channel go for like fifteen bucks a month or something like that to like a billion people and make the money up. Either that's the way it's going to go, or it's going to stay their way because it's got it's got to go one way or the other. The WWE has the thing where they're giving away free months of their their what network. And of course, they've been giving away free months for every month for like last five months, but if you, they'll give you a free month if you join. And only so like ten bucks a month, maybe fifteen, whatever it is. It's a minimal cost, but you get to watch all the pay per view events that that company puts forth. He's put put together about one a month. Of course, the big show being WrestleMania and the Great American ba- I mean, they put together some pretty good events. Okay, but you get to watch all of them free if you have the uh, WWE channel. Now, if you have the Fight Pass channel, all you can watch some of the preliminaries and once in a while a card that comes to you from another uh, country that's in an off the wall time. That's what see. That's why this fight wasn't shown live on television because it came from Germany. And to do that, it would been live like you know like. 11, 12 o'clock at night, maybe three. And you know the time difference is crazy. Anyway, the the uh, the bonuses last night: J- Jessica J and uh, Joanna J and Jessica Penny both got a fifty thousand dollars bonus for the best fight at the night. The perform- performance of the night went to my Mybek Talmasov and Arnold Allen. But what I want to talk about is USC one eighty nine. Of course, we're right around the corner, and Mark uh, Mark Ratner, the head official of the USC, he's been telling me that. They're about to make some big announcements as far as some other states are concerned. Of course, they've been sort of like, not banned, but you know, uh, yeah, I guess the union workers in New York City don't want Zufa Sports promoting UFC in New York. Why? Because the union uh, in Las Vegas has no relationship with the Palace Casinos in which the the, uh, Fertitta Brothers own both those casinos. So they own both the casinos, they're non-union, and the union people in New York don't want the UFC in New York because of that. So... That's why the UFC has not made MSG, Madison Square Garden. That's why it hasn't been in the big palace yet. That's why. You want to know why? That's it. UFC will get to New York. It will probably take another couple of years. Some negotiations got to go down. Somebody's got to sign a union contracts or not sign union contracts. Somebody's going to wait this out. It's who's going to blink first, the union or the Fertigas in UFC. You are tuning to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking for the world of boxing and MMA. UFC 189, July the 11th. At uh, the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. And that, of course, July the 12th, the Ultimate Fighter American Top Team versus Black Zillions Finals. That's July the 12th, MGM Grand. So 11th and 12th, UFC at the MGM Grand. That's part of the Ultimate Fighter Weekend. Take that back to Ultimate Fight Week. Ultimate Fight Week 2015, live in Las Vegas. Caps off with the UFC 189 main event. Jose Aldo, Conor Maria. We'll hear from both those guys to talk with Dave Melser after the break. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
6: Call Lear Capital now. 800-631-9229.
1: Send to go by Toby and Guido.
8: Yeah. Like oh, head kick. Guido's pace is relentless. 45 seconds. There again with
1: the head kick and the takedown. Maynard and Edgar putting on a show. Outstanding. Wow. Amazing that Frankie Edgar was able to recover on that
9: at all. And, and he's got Maynard.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Look into my eyes, little man. Little Brazilian. Move on my hair. What you got to say
3: now? Face to face. Mind to mind. What you got to say? What
8: you got to say? Oh, you know Portuguese, huh? Wow, this is going to go down, man. It's going to be electric in Vegas on July 11th for UFC 189 in the main event. A featherweight title fight that is sure to be very memorable one way or another. And let's talk about it with the uh, champ, Jose Aldo, his uh, translator, Lillian, the notorious Conor McGregor, along with UFC president, Dana White. And it was about to go down just a few minutes ago here in the studio, Dana, because you put the the, the belt on and you were taunting Jose. Where does your dislike for the champ come from?
2: I have no dislike for my opponent or any opponent. I respect any man that steps foot inside the octagon, but business is business. And if you are in the way of my business, you will be taken out. And yes, you are correct. I put the belt on myself out backstage, and he done absolutely nothing. The same way he done nothing on that stage. The same way he
8: will do nothing inside that octagon. Jose, how did that make you feel when he put the belt on and started taunting you?
1: Quando ele colocou o cinturão ali, mostrou para você
8: como você se sentiu? Normal. Eu sabia
1: que ele sempre vai fazer algo assim, então fiquei normal. Isso aí, Só é para sentir o gosto que ele sabe que daqui isso aqui nunca vai sair. Isso aqui é meu filho. Isso aqui só vai um dia quando me aposentar. It's common. He wants to taste it. He will never have my belt. I will keep it.
3: You are still a young man. Remember Emilio Castillo finally told the story about that song about about a month ago on the show. Some lady was older than him in, New- in Oakland. He never told her he wrote the story about her. I mean, the song ended up going gold. He never told this girl. Died. She never knew the song was written about her. So I guess you hear it on the radio. That's a nice song. It was written about you. Surprise. Anyway, you are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. My next guest was always still a young man because he worked so far. How many? you put in, like, 70 hours a week or something or what, Dave?
9: Probably uh, more than that.
3: Probably more than that?
9: Way more than that.
3: Whoa. Dave Meltzer, our guest, of course, <laughs> the most prolific writer and uh, personality as far as MMA is concerned. Now, let's talk about Conor McGregor. Big dude, taller guy, is going to have a physical size advantage over... Over Jose Aldo, what what are Aldo's uh, advantages besides experience and being the champion?
9: Uh, better all around game, um, better better uh, you know certainly better wrestling game, better balance, um, more experience for sure, mm-hmm. um, and tested against far higher quality opponents. That's for sure too. Oh. Um, he's you know Ald- Aldo is. Uh, a guy that's been fighting top guys now for about uh, six years, uh, every, almost every time out, and they never seem to get the better of him, even for, you know, the only the only time I remember guys really, truly getting the better of him was when he completely gassed out in the final round against um, Mark Hominick when he had a bad weight cut. Um, but And he's faded, but even when he fades, it's not like he's not competitive with, with top guys. Um, there are guys who have fought him you know, competitive fights but but nobody who has had really any prolonged success against him.
3: But Dave, sooner or later, Dave Meltzer is our guest, of course the Wrestling Observer newsletter is his his baby, no question about it. the Wrestling Observer radio show. He started that and he's like Mr Mr MMA and wrestling. We'll talk a little pro wrestling as we go. Um but Conor McGregor, why then are people believing in him? I mean, I look at him. And I think he's a bigger guy. I think he strikes a little bit betterly, and, and I just think that you know when he he
9: he has, he has better um, footwork. I think, don't you think? He's got better footwork and better hands. Yeah, but he, but, has, but... he has advantages. We don't know about um, his ground game. He's no slouch on the ground, but he's probably not at all those level. Um, we don't know about his takedown defense because he's never fought against a good takedown guy. I mean, that's the really big mystery about Conor McGregor. Uh, he's been beaten before in Europe when he started, though. Um, you know, and he's probably improved to a degree. But I mean, as far as like what's selling it is the fact that the guy is an incredible talker, like the UFC has never had. I mean, I mean, even Chael Sonnen, who was great. I think Conor. Um, I think Connor You know, one. I think Connor's probably got a better chance against top competition. And the other thing with with, with uh, Connor is, it's just he's different. Chael was. Um, Chael was a guy um, who. Uh, you know, it's like he he did his stuff tongue in cheek, and Connor does as well. But um, I think that Connor has, uh, uh, I think Connor's got more charisma than like anybody. I mean, when I watch like pro wrestling and everything, it's like he he you know he, he's like a guy like a Dusty Rhodes, you know, to throw out an example as far as um you know just a guy that's just so captivating that that uh, you know it's made him you know I mean let's face it, featherweights. You know, as great as Aldo has been, and and some and, and Frankie Edgar and some of the other guys that have been he's fought, it's never been a division where people have cared that much about, you know, the, the division, other than when Uriah Faber was champion. And now, all of a sudden, it, it's like the marquee division. That and women's, uh, you know, women's weight and featherweight are the, two, are the two big divisions right now. Okay,
3: but here's my gripe uh, about Aldo, and this isn't a gripe, this is just life. You can't continue to make the weight year after year after year after year. Finally, you're going to have a bad weight issue. You're going to have issues regarding your performance. I know when I fought at 139, uh, it, it was a struggle, man. The last couple of times, I really had issues. And when you've got issues making weight, especially when you're an
9: old guy, and he's old, he's in his thirties. Um, I don't think is he is he thirty yet. I think he's thirty. He might be he? thirty. I mean, he's, he's I mean, he's, he was he's been around for a long time. That makes he, He's probably old chronologically in the sense he's had so many fights. Mm-hmm. And so many high level fights, and it's going to take stuff out of you. But I don't think his age itself is that old.
3: He's, on, but the only fight he lost, he moved up to 155 and couldn't handle the uh, lightweight division, right?
9: He's never fought at 155 in UFC. He's, he's been 145 all along. There was talk of him uh, moving up. Um, there was talk of Anthony Pettis moving down when they were working on that fight that never happened. Um, I, I think that he could just judging how he fought with some of the, you know, with with Edgar, just as a perfect example. I mean, he. You know Edgar was a very very tough guy at 155, and and Aldo clearly can fight with the top 155ers. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 there was always talk of him moving up. I mean for years of him moving up to 155, it just hasn't happened yet. I think that if he loses, um, that may be the, that may be the, the way to go because he it, he can make the weight, um, but he's probably going to be a stronger fighter not making the weight.
3: We're talking USC 189, of course the the big fight Conor McGregor and and Jose Aldo, not Jose, Jose for the uh, USC featherweight champs, 140, 145 pounds. I'm looking down here at the MMA record. He did lose that one fight, and that was at 155. I'm talking about Aldo, didn't he? He's lost that one fight at 155. That was so long ago. I mean, yeah. that was
9: before anyone even knew who he was. His, his one loss was in Brazil early, very early in his career. Since since he's come to the United States, um, and he was very young when he came to the United States, he's been a world-beater. I mean, he ran through everybody. He's had a few competitive fights. Um but uh, you know, most of the guys, he's pretty much dominated.
3: Hasn't lost since two thousand five.
9: Yikes! Yeah, yeah, ten years unbeaten. Which in this sport, especially especially at the championship level, you know, him and John Jones and Ronda Rousey are the only ones who can really say that.
3: Oh, I'm glad you brought up John Jones. Uh, how's Johnny doing these days?
9: Um, I haven't really heard much of anything. He's got legal issues. He's got to deal with, and he's kind of out of the picture right now.
3: You know. Obviously, he's got some some issues. He's got some problems. But you know what they found in that car? I saw the uh, the videotape of that uh, of the police when they searched his car. Did you see that on TV? Yeah, I did. I did see that. Where they bring out all the condoms and things like that. That had to make his 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 life at home just a little bit more miserable, wouldn't it?
9: Wouldn't you think? I mean, you would think so. Well, here is the other one too. Not just at home, but but think about like his. his, You know, he he was raised in a very um, religious environment, and his parents are very. You know what I mean? And And it's just like. Uh, you know john john 's kind of like a guy who lived a double life I, he always did you know what i mean he was he was the guy who you know preached this and this and this and then you know he ended up being a star and it went in the other direction and um it 's got to be tough you know when you know just just everything the way it's the way it 's gone down for him it 's too bad i mean he 's one of those guys you know he had the world by the balls and uh he made a lot of foolish choices which you know and he could have been he could have been, you know. Naturally, John Jones is actually a pretty funny guy, and he's got a really good personality. I mean, I remember before he became a star, I talked to him on the phone a few times. I had uh, breakfast with him once. He was cool, and I remember like shortly afterwards. This long, before, he was this long before he was champion. And I remember um, right before he won the title, someone from UFC came up and just goes, "Oh, you know, John. You know, it's like, you know, we what happens if he wins the title?" And I go, "Hey, you know, he seems pretty cool," and it's like, hmm. You know, they were worried, they were worried this is before he even beat Shogun. It's, it's actually well before. I would say six months to a year before he beat Shogun. We all knew he was going to probably win the title, but it was just like if he wins the title, it could be trouble. They already knew he was he was uh, going down a bad path. And then when he got the title, I mean, it just became, he just was too good for his own good, basically, is what happened.
3: Being a former police officer, I've investigated a few hit-and-runs, but I've never investigated a hit-and-run action in which the, the uh, person that perpetrated the act Left the scene and came back, and then left the scene again. I've never heard of that before, and, and all the annals of police science, I'm missed. I really am, because he came back to the car. Got some, what did he get his weed?
9: You know, he came back to the. No, he didn't get his weed. He came back to get a bunch. He had a bunch of cash. He came back to get a bunch of cash. Then he ran and hopped a fence and was gone for like two days. Amazing, of course. It was- well, you know, I mean, like, there's probably a reason in the sense that you know, by the time he turned himself in, you know, maybe it was. I mean, it's only my speculation, but you know, it's it's probably that he figured that he, he might not pass a drug test. is was the only thing I could come up with. And then when he figured he was clean, you know, then he showed up. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was, it was, it was like, it was, you know, again, that's so hard to defend. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like car, everyone gets in car accidents. I mean, it's like that's not going to kill you. You know, he's, he's had more than his share. He, got, he had that other one a couple of years ago that got yep. a lot of publicity. Yep. But, I mean, you can't defend the guy running away. And then especially, it was, I think it was a pregnant woman who had a broken arm he comes back, grabs his money, and then runs away again. I mean, you know, you would... At, at worst, you would go... You know, you would stay there and, and try to help her and call the police and, you know, apologize. And, you know what I mean? I mean, you would just feel guilty as hell, right? I mean, it's like, oh, man.
3: Nah, not if you were covering your ass on something a little bit more important as far as personal life is concerned.
9: Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. But that's... But, you know, that just leads to all kinds of speculation that's probably in the right direction of what the speculation should be. And, you know, we... you look. He had the cocaine test positive in, you know, just a couple of months earlier. It, there's the T there's levels. All kinds of evidence out there.
3: That, uh, yeah, but Dave, you skipped over the most important part of all those drug tests was
9: the, the low T level. That's another one. That's another one that's right there. And it's just like, what does that mean? What does that mean?
3: It means he has the T level, the testosterone level of an 85-year-old man.
9: Eighty-five-year-old woman, maybe. No, oh. I no, know, I know, I know. no, 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 no. But no, realistically, when I saw those numbers, I was so taken aback because it was just like, you know, I mean, I've seen the numbers for like Vitor Belfort when he got off and Overeem and Chael Sonnen, and his was much lower than their theirs were, and it's just like, you know, with Overeem and Sonnen and and, and Overeem, I mean, with, and, and and Vitor, I should say, it was like. When you got those numbers, you knew exactly why. You know, they were on stuff, then they got off, and it takes time for your body to get back to normal, and they were well below. This guy was lower than them. So that's another issue.
3: Yeah, of you know, course. It's,
9: and that's when he skated by because he's never failed one of those tests.
3: And team didn't make – they didn't push that in anybody's direction at all. I mean, they didn't. Talk to him about it. It Didn't seem like they they mentioned. So they swept that under the rug.
9: Well, the problem is, is that the the, the, the standards of drug testing, being what they were, he never failed. You don't fail for being too low. Being low is suspicious, but it's not a failure. It, it and I, I know that there's people who push the idea that being low maybe should be in sports, but it is. You know, it's just the, the way the rules are, and it'd be the same thing if it was in track and field. Being low, you know, if you're the doctor looking at it, you go like this is suspicious, but it, but but low isn't gonna isn't gonna flag you.
3: Dave Meltzer is our guest. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide on iHeart, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, of course, the American Forces Network. And we're coming to you from the Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco.
2: We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago.
7: If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand.
10: Call 1-800-414-1051. That's 1-800-414-1051. 1-800-414-1051. Call now.
4: Flasser is a portable spittoon and the ultimate accessory for smokeless tobacco users. It's easy to conceal in a pocket and discreet enough to be used in public without unwanted attention. You can palm it, twist the top, and empty your mouth in one smooth motion. Available in an extensive selection of sleek designs, Flasser's feature the exclusive thumb-lock twist cap for one-handed use. This innovation virtually eliminates the risk of spills, making it ideal where you are on the go. It's great for NASCAR races, hunting, fishing, and more. Visit Flasser.com or call one 800 476 560 eight.
10: Sports betting and daily fantasy sports will never be the same with advanced algorithmic tools from SwishAnalytics.com. With data-driven bet recommendations for every MLB game every day and a suite of daily fantasy tools including player projections and optimized lineups, it's easier than ever to beat the sportsbooks and your daily fantasy competition at SwishAnalytics.com. Get started today with your 7-day free trial and start making the smart bets and daily fantasy plays every single day with SwishAnalytics.com. That's SwishAnalytics.com.
4: Smarter sports. Bet on it. When you work out, you give it your all. At the gym or outdoors, it's intense, impactful, non-stop. You need a headphone that keeps up and won't fall out. With iSport, you get pure monster sound, a comfortable fit, washability, and control talk at your fingertips so you don't miss a call. Choose from a range of noise isolations with iSport Intensity, Victory, and Strive, or go wireless with iSport Freedom. Monster iSport, the athlete's headphone. Available at Target and Best Buy or online at monsterproducts.com. The Sports Byline collection of original full-length interviews of today's stars and past sports legends is now available in the Sports Byline Audio Vault at sportsbyline.com. Players, managers, coaches, broadcasters, commissioners, and owners talk about their teams, games, careers, unforgettable moments, and disappointments in this unique collection of original, full-length interviews. It works on iPhones, iPads, and Android devices. Go to sportsbyline.com and click on The Vault.
7: Rick Pitino joins us on Sports Byline.
9: Everybody wants to succeed. Everybody wants to have success in their life. Everybody wants to prosper in their life. If you give them a way to do that, they'll understand that message. If you just say it's wrong just for the sake of wrong or it's just wasted time, that's not going to impact their their ideas or their concepts. But when you tell them if you do it a certain way, it's going to lead to prosperity and success, then they listen and very attentively. Go to
4: sportsbyline.com and click on The Vault.
8: Vitor, the most lethal hands when you speak quickness in UFC history.
5: The other thing I noticed in the Vandalay, mike Van Arsdale fight was that Vandelay-Silva seemed to walk through Van Arsdale's
1: punches, like to move forward. I don't know if he wants to do that with Vitor Belfort. Vitor is wearing shoes, so he will not be able to strike with the feet. Oh, he does with the hands up. Vitor Belfort is the winner! 44 seconds! The knockout by
0: Vitor Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
1: And when all else fails,
3: I got to groove. The aforementioned Vitor Belfort there got stopped that looked like a stamp. Man, got lit up like a White House Christmas tree by Chris Weidman, the world middleweight champion. Of course, that was back at UFC uh, 188. And you only really got to look at this card. Daniel Cormier, of course, beating up on Anthony Johnson. Anthony had an early chance. The strike, he couldn't strike early. He knew if that went to distance that Cormier was going to get his wrestling game going. Dave Meltzer is our guest. Dave, tell people how they can get a hold of the WrestlingObserver dot com newsletter.
9: Okay, go to www.WrestlingObserver.com, and on the front page of the site, there should be something that tells you how to uh, order a website subscription, which includes tons of audio shows, or just the, the printed newsletter, which you can also get in the uh, the daily update. We'll give you know uh, how to order the the newsletter, and there's a new issue out on. Dusty Rhodes is actually probably one of the better ones of the year.
3: You, you know, we'll bring up Dusty in just a minute. We'll just talk about Cain Velasquez, of course, the ex-USC heavyweight champion. Um, I've got a picture of him. He's got to be he's got to be 300 pounds. He's got a minimum. I mean, wow, I can't believe how fat this guy is. It doesn't even look like him. In fact, I've been accused of photoshopping the photo. I'm serious. Well, I haven't
9: seen send me the photo. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen the photo. I saw I saw Cain probably the first time um, in a long long time. Um, it would have been about i don 't know about five six weeks ago i 'm thinking I was down at the gym, and you know he looked he looked the same as he usually looks to me. I mean he looked a little softer fight day than, than, than normal yeah. I mean uh, I did notice that I think that you know obviously that with hindsight, you know I to say hindsight being 2020 because everybody worried about it beforehand, the idea of not going to Mexico, and you know he wasn 't the only one, everyone and everyone who fought in Mexico City. Uh, had a rough time, you know, several people were throwing up backstage, lots of people were gassing, um, you know, it's, I know Tisha Torres who fought and actually won on that show said that she would never fight there again, you know, cause it's just like, I can't have an, you know, she, her thing is, it's like to, to make it when you're a mid-level fighter, you have to have exciting fights. And she said, I, I you can't have an exciting fight there because you're just going to run out of gas really quick. So you either got to go there for, for six weeks and, 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 or I don't know. It's, it's you know Everyone's been talking about it ever since that last show. That is the toughest place to do a fight.
3: We went to the WBC convention there about 10 years ago with the late Alexis Arguel. He and I were walking up these stairs. It was a round staircase that we went up to this ballroom, right? There were people passing out on the staircase. I kid you not. I kid you. They couldn't make it upstairs. There were like 8 or 10 people that did not make the dinner because they couldn't make it up the steps. That's how high the altitude was in this building alone, and we're already in about 8,000 feet above ground as it is.
9: Yeah. Yeah, it is a uh, it's a tough deal. I mean, I just remembered, you know, when I was younger, um, in uh, Casper, Wyoming, um, running up the hill, and uh, that was a very humbling experience. Yep.
3: So Kane, uh, I guess he's going to trade in the taco truck. He has to. I mean, he's got to get his act together. He's only fought once in almost two years now. I mean, Kane Velasquez, you and I, we thought he was going to be like. The guy that was going to like knock down doors for the UFC and the Mexican American, he was going to be able to do the Hispanic scene. This and that, he sort of failed to produce.
9: Um, I do think that 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 all that time he was off when he was injured, he should have spent that time really working at developing his name. He had all that time to do media, yep. and he really should have been aggressive at doing that. And um, you know, the, pro- the problem is you have a short window of opportunity as a fighter, and you know, if he was champion and he had endeared himself to everyone. Right now, people would be clamoring for him to get the rematch, and they would be saying, "Hey, you know, I mean, it's like the altitude beat him, but could he beat Verdum at sea level? I mean, could Verdum beat him at sea level?" Mm-hmm. And right now, the fact is, is, there's not that great clamor. He's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to go and win a couple of fights, and um, you know, again, an age is going to start to work against him, and injuries are going to start to work against him. I mean, it's it's uh, you, you every everyone should kind of look at him as a cautionary tale. I mean, injuries are going to happen to you know can happen to anyone at any time. If you're a fighter in UFC, I mean, you know, you you should. Not everyone can be Conor McGregor, but everyone can work really, really hard at at building their name while they're on top, and people want you. Because then, on the way down, they'll like you. And I'm not saying people dis. No one dislikes Kane, but they don't love him. They don't love him. They don't love him. No, no. And he could have, especially like with the with the Mexican media, he could have been, you know, a real superstar if he had just, you know, decided, I'm going to be, I'm going to be that, I am going to be the superstar, because, he, you know, again, basically, I know Rico Rodriguez was around, but that was the dark ages and everything. He was the first Mexican-American superstar that people had seen, you know, that had won a world heavyweight championship, and he could have been that guy, and um, I don't think that he took full opportunity of, of, of what he was, you know, not what he was given, but what he could have had.
3: Well, according to one of my listeners, he has a personality of a fence post. I mean, he's tough to interview. I mean, I've had him on the air, and he's just, this, this, you know, I I really, I put it this way, I really try hard when I interview him, because he's so, I don't know, it's sort of like a pinball machine, you know, like when you shoot the pin, you never know where the ball's going. You sort of never know where Kane's going.
9: Um, you know, I've interviewed him many, many times, and I never had a real problem with it, but you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um He's very shy, and then you, you you know, and I don't think he's a bad guy. And if you talk to guys, I, you know, I've never heard anyone say anything about him personally that's bad. I always got the impression when talking to him, especially because with, with me, whenever I talked to him, it was always, um, you know, within two months of a fight, if not a couple of weeks of a fight. Right. And I think that he is running through that. My impression is, is that he's running through that fight in his mind over and over and over and over again. I think he's thinking all the time about that fight. He's almost like a machine. And, you know, you watch him train. You know, like
7: it,
9: it, he's almost like a machine training. You know, but the problem is, is he's not a machine. He's a human being, and is you know, um, and that's you know, people get hurt and people make mistakes, and because he's a machine, you know, I think that the the idea that everyone had is that well, he's never going to get tired, and that's his advantage. And the fact is, is that he does get tired. You know, and also, you know, you brought up the thing, and you know, again, I didn't realize. I I, I had seen some photos of him where he looked heavy, but I don't know about three. But the, but the thing is, is that if you lose a ton of weight really quick, that's going to affect your your stamina too. Yep. I mean, it's like oh, uh, you know, not just not just that altitude. You know, you're, you know what I mean. It's like it, it, it's it's if you let yourself get out of shape, it it's hard. You you know, it's hard to and it takes time to get back into shape.
3: Okay. Let's talk about the American Dream. Dusty Rose passed away this past week, or July the eleventh, June the eleventh, I believe. Yeah, good performer. I mean, had had a great great sense of uh promoting himself and the game and behind the mic I have no question about that and he went an hour with harley race over and over and over again so he could wrestle
9: wrestling wasn't a strong suit but he was um, an incredible talker and a, and, a, and a great great charismatic entertainer He's he's probably one of the five most charismatic pro wrestlers i've ever seen um you know really top tier when it comes to that and uh, you know and made a name it's it's amazing. Since, since he passed away, what's really hit me is when you look at, you know, I've seen many sports events in the last two weeks where just out of nowhere the announcers will talk about, you know, dusty roads and growing up. And if you lived, you know, especially I would say in the southeast, yeah. you know, Carolinas, Georgia, and Florida, if you lived there, I mean, he, you know, he was like a big-time sports hero that a lot of people don't really understand back in the 70s and, and, and the 80s as well. Like
3: Ray Stevens here in the
9: city. Um, yeah, 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 more modern than Ray Stevens, but, um, you know, I I would say, I would say similar, I mean, of the two, I mean, Dusty Rhodes was more charismatic than Ray Stevens, not that Ray Stevens wasn't charismatic because he was, but, you know, as an in-ring performer, you know, and Dusty would have been the first one to tell you, you know, he was not in Ray Stevens' league. Right. Ray, the best worker of the 60s? Most people will say that, you know, I, I wasn't around in the 60s to tell you, but, you know the name you know it's it's a pretty it's pretty strong consensus he was the best worker of the 60s yeah
3: pat patterson the best best worker of the 70s
9: that's more debatable there were a lot of guys pat patterson is in the in the list that's for sure pat patterson was a very gifted worker um um, fundamentally and and psychology wise, I mean Pat Patterson was one of the best there 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 was as well. Um, but but there were a lot of guys that you could um, argue for the seventies. I mean Flair, you know uh, the Funks, yep. Jack Briscoe, um, you know there, you know uh, Johnny Valentine, Billy Robinson, um, you know Steven Still, Bockwinkle, you know. So there's a lot of guys in that debate. Did Jose Aldo skip a drug test? um they showed up and uh it was a weird deal um he ended up getting tested the next day um they asked the guy for a credential the guy ended up i think in jail for a day because he didn't get his visa done the drug tester that is so it was a interesting situation yeah yeah and, and mcgregor was not happy about that at all ring of honor
3: it's on destination america tna is about to go bye bye right
9: more likely than not um Ring of Honor's not knocking them dead ratings-wise because it's the same show that they air over the weekend, you know, on, on other stations around the country first. So, they're, so Destination America's not getting the first run of it, but um, it's, it's more exposure, you know. Um, they had a very good pay-per-view on Friday night, though.
3: Roderick Strong win that?
9: Uh, he won his three-way, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Jay Lethal beat uh, Jay Briscoe in the main event to win their world title, which was a really good match, um, Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong is one of the best uh, wrestlers in the country right now.
3: How good is Jay Briscoe? I like his act. I like the act. Yeah,
9: really good act. The Briscoe's act, is, is it's, it's different. You know, that's like the old days of wrestling where, you know, everyone wasn't cookie cutter and he's not cookie cutter. Um, yeah, he's very good. He's very good. Jay Lethal, actually, I think Jay Lethal's better, the better of the two. Jay Lethal's really come along. He is, uh, I don't think a lot of people talk about him as being one of the best wrestlers in the country, but, but Jay Lethal can really do it all and, and can talk as well.
3: July seventeenth, big time wrestling in uh, Newark, California. You going to go to that?
9: Um, I wasn't planning on it. Friday,
3: it's a Friday night event.
9: I whatever. Friday nights, a pos- Friday nights, always a possibility for me. You know, um, um, it depends on I I. I it depends on like what what other events are taking place that night. Mm-hmm.
3: They throw a good show over there. I've been over to a couple, two or three of their shows over there, man. They've been good, good entertainment. I mean, the guys are right there. It's it's in your face type of wrestling. I mean, you can't get much more in it, an intimate setting than that.
9: Yeah, I I've, I've been to a couple of their shows. I always enjoy, you know, all the independent shows I enjoy when I go when I go around around here like I go to a premiere and um um big time wrestling at the Bayshore across from the Cow Palace. I went to one of their shows not too long ago. That was really a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean all the um yeah, there's there's a, the the thing with the independent wrestling is is that the guys um you're always going to get the best those guys have because they're um you know, they're they're not wrestling, you know, five nights a week. They're in and and they're really out there to impress.
3: WWE the network is it making money?
9: Uh, the network is probably right around break even. Um, maybe maybe it's still losing a little because uh, WrestleMania month. I think that they they I don't remember if they turned a profit. They just lost a little bit. So they're um, they're they're close either way. But uh, the thing is, is it's replacing pay per view, which was super. Super um, profitable. So, if you're looking at opportunity costs and everything like that, they're way, way, way behind where they were. But they knew they would be. But it's been a slow process.
3: Okay, which concept will uh, will survive? The UFC Fight Pass or the WWE Network?
9: They will both survive, and and, and they will probably both end up similar in some ways, uh, or maybe not. Maybe not, because again, UFC will will copy what WWE does as soon as it's as soon as it's proven to be better than than pay per view, um, which may be never. I mean, because all the people who were talking about pay-per-view dying. I mean, UFC's having a good year on pay-per-view. Boxing is having a, you know, boxing just had like the biggest pay-per-view event of all time. So, I mean, it was funny because last year, all all I heard is, you know, pay-per-view's a dying industry. And it's just like this year, it's really come back strong. I'm not, I'm not sold on it. And I know in Japan, you know, they have New Japan World and they had their pay-per-views and they made, you know, they did the same thing WWE did. And both New Japan and WWE cost themselves a ton of money by making that transition. Everybody go, oh, you're, this is really better. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to get so many more people at $8 than you got or $10 that you got at, uh, you know, whatever it was. New Japan would, would charge uh, 25 and 35 for pay-per-views. WWE was um, 45 and 55 I think. And everyone was just like, you know, this is the way to go. And it's like they both lost a, you know, a, they're both making far, far less money with that move.
3: Real quick, Frankie Mayer, my guy, coming back against Todd Duffy.
9: Kyle Kingsbury says that Todd Duffy's going to beat him. He may? I don't know. I haven't, uh... You know, Todd Duffy hasn't has, has only fought what once in the last several years. So it's really hard to get a read and he's never fought anyone at the level of Mir. But Mir's fading too, you know. I mean Mir's certainly not what he once was.
3: Well he got himself in the best condition he could a couple of years ago and couldn't pull the trigger, remember? Against yeah.
9: Anyway, Dave, all
3: the best. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. Say hello to your wife and your brother for me. Okay, I sure will. All the best. The great Dave Meltzer, WrestlingObserver.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Going to the break with the mighty Tower of Power.
1: TCP, so mellow.
2: Struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And your insurance may offer coverage.
6: I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help.
2: I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. 800-521-3214.
5: I feel like I'm losing
2: control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven, gentle recovery programs.
6: I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs.
2: I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. 800-521-3214.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro
8: Fernandez.
3: Little Super Strokeland band Huey Lewis, and, of course, the Power of Power Horn. You are tuning Ring Talk live worldwide, your inside look in the world of MMA. Don't forget, Saturdays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, we share an hour Boxing and MMA, and then we come back on Sunday with a two-hour show, an hour of boxing, and an hour of MMA at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Then we can come back on Monday, Sirius XM Satellite Radio at 5 p.m. Pacific time with an hour of boxing and an hour of MMA. Lots of Ring Talk live worldwide. Of course, you can go to the iHeartRadio.com uh, website and download the iHeartRadio app and take Ring Talk anywhere you go 24-7 on your tablet, your smartphone, listen online, listen delayed. They got it going on iHeartRadio and uh, Ring Talk hand in hand into the 21st century. Of course, next UFC fight night going on. It'll be Leota Machida. Uh, the man Leota Machida. Shh, is he still fighting after, after just getting beaten to a pulp and like almost getting killed like six weeks ago? He's back again. I don't know. UFC fight night 70. Of course, Leota Machida, Yuri Romero. Yori Romero is slightly favored. He probably will win this fight, Machida. Too long in the tooth, man. Too long in the tooth for the dragon. Speaking of the Dragon, I want to thank Scott Cuddy for his fine production today. Without him, I couldn't get through this. Believe me, today was a struggle. You are tuned to the longest running fight show in history, Ring Tog Live Worldwide. Your inside look at the world of boxing and MMA, 11 a.m. Saturdays and Sundays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Until next time, keep those hands up, your chin down, most importantly, keep that butt of yours off the canvas of life.